This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I'm coming to you once again from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is in Minneapolis. It's a comic book store. Check out our website, NostalgiaZone.com. Why not give a plug to the store that I, for which I work? Why not? Uh, you check out our website. Become a member of our, our store. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cost you nothing. It saves you 10% on your orders of comic books. And you can earn points... That'll save you more money on future purchases of comic books. We've got other stuff in here that it doesn't really apply to, but our website has all the comic books that we have and magazines, and it's pretty cool. At least most of the magazines we have. All right. Um, In my neighborhood, I I knew these things were around. You know, you walk out at night and you can hear them. And uh, it's frogs. I knew they were around. And every now and then, you get a little tiny frog, one of those little, little, little ones that uh, that will be, you'll see it on the sidewalk leading up to the house. Uh, it, there's been the occasion when one of them was uh, sitting inside the screen door for the back door of the house, just sitting down there in a corner uh, in between the doors. And just looked, oh, there it is. Oh, little guy. How you doing? Had something like that. And I've seen them when I've cut the grass and nearly hit them while cutting the grass. But I had no idea how many of them uh, are around at night. And I don't know if it's this time of year. I, I, I don't know if it's that. I, what, for whatever reason. Uh, I, and I don't remember this uh, being the case back when we had our, our other dog that Amy and I had, uh, Quigley, years ago. And used to walk him and, I, and walk him at night. And I don't recall this happening. But lately, with Edna, our current dog, oh, she's such a sweetheart. But she is the reason I have to do the show down here in the basement at Nostalgia Zone. Now, last week, there was a couple moments where there was some interference on the microphone. I don't know what's causing that. I, maybe it's my phone. I got the phone away from me. It's off and uh, all that. So, Or at least it's on Do Not Disturb. So hopefully, maybe you know that was the problem. I don't know. But if it persists, I might have to find somewhere else to record this. And I'm running out of places. I can't do it at home because the dog. She'll she'll bark at unpredictable times. I can't. And then sometimes she just wants to be really playful with me. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm trying to do something. And it's not easy. Anyway, so I walk her at night. And uh, usually, I don't know, between 9.30 and 10. And then again, close to 11, I'll walk her and then... You know, she's got to fend for herself for the night. Hopefully she doesn't have an accident. And she's been pretty good. 
uh, once in a while, here and there, once in a while it happens, but, but she's been pretty good. So, um, we take, I take, I'd be walking her and she, we, we, there's this little park, a section of this, uh, of a walk park, uh, uh, a walking park, whatever, uh, just, just a couple houses down from us. It's a small section of it. It's one block's worth of it. There's several blocks of this, of this park, uh, that runs about a mile. And it used to be uh, way back in the day, in the way back old days, trolley cars would run through that little corridor that there's now a walking path. That's something when the trolley cars went away, um, the city at some point decided, well, let's make a walking path through there and let's just make it into a little park for people. So, okay. So we usually go head down there, go around, and we just go around the block that way. And there's grass, and it's a little, the grass is a little thicker along the edge of the walkway because I guess you know the water sheds off of there a little more and kind of pools up there so the stuff grows a little better I guess I don't know anyway so the dog Edna will just kind of dive in she'll just dive her head into that grass and she's like she's going after something and for the longest time I couldn't what are you going after I take I get my flashlight out on my phone and I look I don't see anything until finally I did spot it She's going after those tiny little frogs. Oh, there's been a couple occasions where there's been a bigger frog, you know, like your regulation size frog. Uh, but these, mostly it's these tiny little frogs. And I just, I, it's, it's incredible. She'll, she'll go after one and I'll, I, I'll keep her from catching it. Cause you know, she has picked one up in her mouth and then she spits it right out. And then she does a little kind of thing because, well, if you picked up one of those little frogs, what do they do the moment you pick them up? Have you ever done it? They pee. I think it's a defensive mechanism. It must not taste very good. So, you know, there's Edna. <laughs> it's well, that's what you get. Leave them alone. But she'll, she'll do that, and then we'll walk a couple of feet. I'll get her away. She'll walk a couple more, few feet, and there's another one. And there's another one. And there's, it's just, it's incredible. I did not know that there were so many. Uh, and there are. So, anyway, just an interesting little thing of nature around our house. Also on the walks with Edna at night uh, and I have to be I have to stress this before I tell you the story I am NOT a peeping Tom alright I do not go up to people's windows and look inside to see what's going on I do not do that okay let's get that underlined right now <laughs> I'll see one of my friends later after he's listened to the show and he's oh so you're a peeping Tom I said I'm not a peeping Tom there is a house that as I walk down to, you know, we the sidewalk around the front of our house and head down to that pathway, that's part of the walking path park. When we get there, just before we turn into the park, kitty corner from where, that means across the street and like, you know, would be, if there was a corner there, there'd be the corner across kitty corner, you know, or caddy corner, depending on what part of the world you're from. Uh, there is a house, it's living room, it's right there in the corner, in the front of the house. It has one of those uh, big picture windows that's in the corner. I mean, there's one side of the corner has a picture window, and then it wraps around the other side of, the, of that corner has a picture window. So it's got this kind of like this open chunk corner of that house where if they have, it's at night, if they have the lights on in the living room, you can see in there. Now, I never see any people in there. Never see anybody moving around. I don't see anybody sitting. I don't, you know, it's not that I'm taking that much time to look. But the reason why I noticed it 
was, well, all the lights were out in the living room. So I said, oh, oh, okay, you can see in their house. Okay. And then I see their flat screen TV in the back of the room, up on the wall. And I, and I look at it, oh, hey, they're watching Bob Ross. You know who Bob Ross is? Bob Ross was this guy that, uh, uh, um, he's an artist. Uh, he served in the U.S. Air Force for like 20 years, from 1961 to 1981. And when he realized he could make more money painting, uh, he, you know, he resigned from the, the service and went into this painting thing. And what he, he learned this technique called wet-on-wet wet oil painting. And it's pretty much where you sort of blend things, uh, the colors, on the canvas. You do it that way. Um, and... So, and, and it's quicker. Uh, and then what he would do is he'd do these landscapes just from his imagination. He's not going outside and painting something he sees. It's all in his mind, right? And he, and he, he somehow he developed this, this TV program for public television where, you know, painting with Bob Ross or whatever it was called. And he would just, he had this manner to him, just this very quiet, um, very soft-spoken. Oh, we're going to take this little color here. You're going to want to get your fan brush out. And what you're going to do is just a little brush here, a little soft, a little soft here, a little soft there, in a downward fashion, and do that, and you do a little angle, a little angle, and that, that makes a, the base of your mountain uh, there, there. And then we'll, then we'll put a little highlights here. That's a little snow on the cap. Oh, isn't that nice little snow there? And we'll make these little, little birds over here. He, that's, how he's, that's how he does his thing. And he's got this big, perm, permed, curly hair, and he's got a beard, and he looks very friendly. And like, again, he's just this uh, quiet, inviting kind of guy as he's painting this gentle show. It's very, it, I, I've watched some of it, and it's just got this very calming effect to it. He's, I was reading in, in Wikipedia about the guy, and uh, somebody had, uh, some television critic had compared him to Mr. Rogers. He's this sort of uh, that same sort of gentle, quiet, um, kind approach to addressing the the, the the television camera, to addressing the audience, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I can see it. Uh, which also in the Wikipedia article, and this is Wikipedia, so, you know, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Although Wikipedia isn't bad. But, because uh, if you got the guerrilla skeptics on Wikipedia out there, when they're going in and, and correcting articles uh, on Wikipedia and they're putting in proper information and they're, and they're uh, editing them, so they, and they're following the rules... And they're putting in the editing, and they're putting in information on those paranormal articles and the pseudoscience articles to give the science, to give, okay, this is the claim, but here's the science, that kind of thing. They do that, and it's really cool. I wish I had time to maybe become an editor with them. They, they train and all that stuff, but I just don't have the time. So what can I say? So anyway, according to that Wikipedia article... Uh, Bob Ross did not particularly like the perm that he had. I don't know why he did it in the first place, but he did it, and then, then it became a signature, and it was sort of, well, I guess this is what I got. It's in my logo. I'm going to do it. Okay, so the person in that house, of which I am not a peeping Tom, okay? You just look over and say, oh, I can see into their living room. I see their TV. They're watching Bob Ross, all right? That's how it was. I didn't cross the street. I didn't go up to the window. I didn't press my face against it. I didn't do anything like that. I just looked over and said, ah, they're watching Bob Ross. Interesting. And then I continued on with the walk with the dog. All right? I'm not a peeping Tom. I just felt I needed to let you know that. And I'm not protesting too much because I'm, I'm really not. I'm really not. So, okay, that's one thing. And then like a night or two later, walking the dog, and again, the lights are on in the living room. 
and the TV's on, and I see, and they're watching Bob Ross. <laughs> and, and then the next night, they're watching Bob Ross. And it seems like, on the, I think on that third night that I noticed, it seems like they were at the same part of the program that they were at a couple nights before, uh, when I saw it, because it seems like he's doing the same t uh, thing, you know, like a little, little technique, same close-up, same. But he always wore the same outfit in that, so it's hard to know if it's a a repeat or if it's a, uh, or if it's just a different show. Because you know they're not all that different from each other. It's just whatever he's painting. Okay, so um, that's what changes. Usually, I think his look never really changed. I think he wore the same kind of light blue dress shirt kind of thing and uh, jeans and just yeah, whatever. So I, I thought, oh, that boy, Bob Ross. And, and for the next few nights, I'd see the same thing. Lights on in the living room. And I mean all the lights in the living room, that, as far as I could tell. Uh, and the TV's on, and they're watching Bob Ross. And I began to think, maybe this person in there is painting along with Bob Ross. Maybe. I mean, I, again, I've never seen a person in the room I don't see anybody moving around. I don't see anybody sitting. I just see that the, in the living room, there's, you know, like knickknacks and such, whatever, you know, things on the wall. And there's the TV, and they're watching Bob Ross. And this went for, I don't know, several nights. There were a couple of times when the lights were off in the living room, the TV was on, and it's Bob Ross. So that got me thinking, uh, maybe they're not painting along with Bob. Maybe this is what they do at the end of their day, it is a calming, quiet show. It's uh, uh, it, it's something that maybe just kind of gives them, puts them into a relaxed mode before they go to bed. So, and uh, you know, and that's that. I think that's as plausible as that they're as they may be painting along with them. I don't know. I did have this devious thought. No, no, not go up on the up to the window and knock on it and say, "Hey, Bob Ross." No, no. <laughs> It would be, if I see the per a person walking out of that house during the day when I'm walking, Edna, and then I, then I call over and give a thumbs up and say, Bob Ross! <laughs> I think that might freak them out a little bit. Because they might, if they make any kind of connection, they're going to think, oh, this person can see into my house. And then the shades would get pulled and all that sort of thing. You can't see into Amy's in my house. You can't see in there. No, no. The big windows, they got the blinds closed. It's, it's, it's no, you can't see in. <laughs> we don't, no, we don't allow that. Not that there's anything really interesting to see. It's usually just the two of us, me sitting on the couch with the laptop, entering comic books, and Amy watching something on TV or scrolling through her phone. It's, it's, it's pretty much, <laughs> it's pretty much what we do. If I'm home, if, you know, if I'm not working. It's another thing, though. So, uh, oh, and then last night, Friday night, I was walking around, and I got to that spot, looked over. Uh, the lights were off in the living room, but the TV was on, and they weren't watching Bob Ross. So I thought, hmm, maybe if they were painting along with him, they finished the painting. Maybe. You know, maybe they were watching the same episode again and again. You can stream it online somewhere. Um, I, can't, I don't know. I can't remember where, but you can. Uh... Maybe they were done. I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight. <clears throat> but here's another thing about this walk. And this is a sign of the times. You know, you, you, I, I don't know what it's like in your part of the world, or in this country, uh, being the United States. And I think most of the people who listen to my show 
are from around here. In fact, probably most of them are in Minnesota. I know there's one person out in, in Colorado that listens to the show, but she usually listens to the show, Hi Trisha, uh, on Saturday nights when I play this on Z Talk Radio. Uh, that's usually there so that she and I can chat a little bit and just, you know, you know how's things going? <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, um, so who knows? I, I don't know how far. I know, and there was somebody out in Scotland who found the show, which was cool. So hi to them. And uh, damn it, I forgot your name. Sorry. But hi to you if you're still listening. Um, uh, they sent me an email. That was really cool. I should look it up and so I know their name. Uh, I can't think of it right now. I'm old. I'm 57. Okay. Anyway, as a sign of the times, I don't know what it's like in your part of the world, but around here in the Twin Cities, a lot of the intersections, like you know, coming off a freeway, onto this, you know, heading into a downtown area, stuff, stuff like that, there are people standing on the corner holding signs asking for money, and that's you know, and then there are some down and in Minneapolis, we, Amy and I and Hayden, we work in Minneapolis. We drive down in there, and there's a there's a corner or two that we're familiar with, where there's all, almost always a person there, in the morning, holding a sign asking for money, and it's a sign of the time. I, you know, I, although I'm a little bit cynical and a little bit skeptical of the of these folks, a little bit, uh, because years ago, and I may have mentioned this on the show years ago, but even farther back than that. Uh, when I was cleaning a building that was in uh, near the the, uh, the the state capitol in St. Paul, there was a building down there that I, I cleaned part of, and I would, you know, come off the freeway, get onto whatever that street is that I would get onto, and there'd be a person standing there with a sign, you know, asking for money. Every day, that person was there, and uh, then one day, I got there. Uh, the person wasn't there. There was a different person standing on that corner with holding a sign asking for money but the thing is it was the same sign it was the same piece of cardboard I, 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 I could recognize it I'd seen it again and again and again and I think the next time I went down there the original person that would be standing on that corner was back with that sign I don't know and then and I don't know how they work it out because I think they work these corners in shifts. There was a gro- there's a grocery store that we that uh, Amy and I shop at, and one of the uh, ways in and out of the parking lot, there's usually that there's like a little median in between the the entrance and the exit right there. There's somebody standing there with a sign, you know, asking for money. And I went in to go grocery shopping. There's a person standing there, holding a sign, and I go in. I, I'm, I shop for about an hour. I come out. I come out and I exit through that same area. And there's a different person standing there holding a sign. Not the same sign, but holding a sign asking for money. So I wonder, do they take shifts? Is there some sort of agreement that this is my corner? It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's worked out. So I get a little cynical, get a little skeptical. I don't know. Maybe they need that money. I, I, I you know, I... I wonder how these, how folks like that, are going to function in a time when, because we're getting closer and closer, when we have a cashless society, when everybody's paying with their phone, they're using Apple Pay, or they're or they're using a credit card or something. How how is a street beggar, uh, for lack of a better word, how's that going to work? Because I've been able to tell people that come and say, Hey, do you have a dollar? You know, a buck or two. I said, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have any cash on me. 
I don't carry any cash. Sometimes I'm lying. Sometimes I do have a couple bucks on me, but I just don't want to give them the money. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. What can you do? But as this sign of the times continue, uh, that walk that I take. Uh, I, for a while there, I was avoiding doing this at night, uh, which is, uh, you know, we come. it's just going around the block, essentially. So we come out, we go to the path that is that part of that walk, that walking path for that park, that little section of the park. We'll walk along there, we'll turn back onto the sidewalk on the other side, and we'll come back around to our house. That's what we'll do. We usually just do it once. Sometimes Edna feels like doing it a second time, and we'll, we'll go around twice. And I was for a long time avoiding walking across that path at night because there's no light on the path. It's pretty dark down that way. Not that there aren't any lampposts. Oh, there's three of them. There are three lampposts. Every one of them. And as far as I could tell, every one of the lampposts along that pathway, through that, that several blocks, that mile-long pathway, every one of them has had... There's a, there's a little uh, access door at the base of the lamppost that you can unlock and open up so that you can fix something in there, something goes wrong. All right? Every one of those have been pulled off and the copper has been taken out by people who just really need the money for whatever reason that they can get from that copper and can't think of a different way to get the money that doesn't cause damage to property. Or it's just one of their ways of getting money. And this one happens to damage property. I, I feel sorry for them. I don't know. But the path is pretty dark. I have been venturing through it. I got the flashlight on my phone. You know, I've been thinking. You know, I, I I've been thinking of maybe just grabbing an actual flashlight and keeping the phone in the pocket. And uh, you know, because sometimes you know, and it takes a poop, and you got to be able to see it because responsible dog owners pick up their dog's poop and dispose of it. You know, just leave it there. So anyway, yeah, the interesting things. It's kind of sad things. I don't know about the Bob Ross thing, but hey, what are you gonna do? Uh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my first break of the show. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network.
Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. <laughs> We're scaring up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> To Dimland Radio here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. You know, sometimes you just, you, you, you always, you should always keep your eye open for the cool things that happen. The unexpected, you didn't, you, it just pops up. Keep your eyes open for them because they're really fun when they happen. Uh, it, it's, and this, and something happened uh, the other day. Driving home from work, it was uh, it was a rainy rainy day. Well, more about the rain in a bit. It was a rainy day. Uh, not, it was a light rain, but it was overcast skies, and it, the conditions were just right to make this happen. When uh, when we drive home from work, we we work in in downtown Minneapolis. We live in the east side of St. Paul, the rockin' east side St. Paul. So it's about a 20, 25 minute drive. Oh, by the way, this occurs to me. I was listening to um, some podcast and they were talking about uh, uh, I don't know, where something was. And they said, it's an hour's drive. An hour's drive. You know, an hour. Have you ever have somebody say, said you ask, well, you know, how far is it? Oh, it's about an hour outside of the Twin Cities. Uh, and that gives you kind of an idea of where things are but you gotta you have you noticed that uh, or you gotta figure that that's changed that little that loose uh, definition of distance by just giving some time uh, when I would talk about going up to see my 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 in-laws when they were living up in rush city I would say it was about an hour's drive you know to get there and I think that gives you a, an approximation of about how far away that is. I'm not, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't know how many miles exactly it was. Could look it up, but this is just a, you know, off the top of my head when I, this thing struck me just now. Uh, we we have that idea, but when you think about it, that hours, you know, it takes about an hour to get there. That is, there's an underlying assumption that that means, well, you're going maybe 55 miles an hour. You know, you're doing, or maybe going 60 yards on the freeways and all that. So how has that changed over time? Because back in the, in the old days, when people were riding horses or using horses to pull their carriages, saying it's an hour's ride from here, that was a much uh, uh, less distance, a much shorter distance of a, of a, of a, of a traveling. So when somebody says, well, how, you know, it's, oh, it's about an hour from here. That gives a different suggestion of distance. That's closer than when today, somebody says, oh, it's about an hour from here, you know, an hour's drive, an hour's ride. 
you know, in the old days they say an hour, you know, about an hour's ride to, to get there. An hour's drive, that's a longer distance because we can drive faster and then a horse can, uh, can head along. And you're not going to go full gallop the whole damn time, right? So there's sort of a, there's sort of a, 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 an implied average speed in both cases. But then, it's, it, and now that I'm thinking about it, uh, it's even changed from today from, let's say, before the interstate system was fully operational in the United States. You know, in, in, when the interstate was just getting starting to be built, when somebody would say it's an hour's drive, it would be a little less distance than it would be today because the interstate has made things much more, uh, it's much more uh, 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 convenient and quick to get to places. So, now, it's just something I thought of. <laughs> this has been something I thought of on Dimland Radio. I don't know. And when we get our flying cars, we'll be able to go you know, much farther in an hour. So that it will change again. There'll be a, there'll be an assumed speed, average speed. There'll be an, an you know, and how far you can get in that amount of time that will change. Okay. <clears throat> the cool things. Keep your eyes open for these things. The other day, driving home from work. Now, when we, uh, when we head to work in the mornings, we take the freeway. Uh, but when, you know, the interstate. <laughs> and the interstate. When we when we we do that in the morning, it works pretty well. On the way home, it we take uh, what would be a, a fairly uh, main street, a main throughway street, but uh, top speed is like 45 miles an hour along that one small stretch on there, and that goes. It's a it's a street that pretty much goes from downtown Minneapolis all the way to um, St. Paul. You know, not not downtown St. Paul, but you know, heads over to close to our neck of the woods, and it's it's just an easy, easier drive. There's there's 40 plus stop signs or stoplights to get to, to get through, uh, but you know the freeway doesn't have the stoplights, but it always has these slowdowns. And there's something more frustrating about slowing down and stopping on a freeway than it is driving on a street with with traffic lights. There's something different. And so it may take us a little bit longer to get home this way, but it's—I I find it calmer uh, when you're trying to you know, when you're trying to get home. Well, we're heading along, and I'm checking the rearview mirror, and there's a pickup truck behind us, and this pickup truck has a ladder strapped to the to the top of it. And so the so the top part of the ladder is uh, sticking out over the top of the cab, of uh, of the pickup truck, and it's casting a shadow, or uh, yeah, a casting a shadow across down the windshield. And I'm gonna have to I'm gonna post this picture on the show notes page. You're gonna get to the show notes by going to dimland.com, and you click on the show notes uh, blog option, and you'll get to this week's. You know, the show notes for this week's show, uh, and I've been getting those posted on Mondays. I, it's things have changed, so I you know have to change what I do. But you'll see them anyway. So I I look in the rearview mirror and I see the shadow cast by the ladder, and it, it, this ladder has a has an attachment on it that is essentially two two loops. 
it's you know you got the very top of the ladder. It's an A-frame ladder. You got the very top of the ladder, that little platform there, and then it's the first step down from that. In that gap, there's these two loops. They're connected to each other. Uh, and and I, from what I could tell, they, once you open up the ladder, you can extend those two loops out in front of the ladder, and you might be able to put in, I think, paint cans in there. Not the gallon size, but the smaller size paint cans you can put in there. And maybe it's just a convenient holding uh, for, for you know when you're painting or something, or holding tools or something like that. I, I think that's what it is. I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's all you know that those two loops they're they're kind of they're they're tucked back in where they're supposed to be when the ladder is is you know not being used and the ladder's up there and it's casting the shadow that's going down the windshield and you, you have to picture this with me at the top of the windshield the, the what it looks like it looks like uh it, it, the the two loops form a pair of glasses uh, the 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 uh, along the sides of the glasses going you know going down below the glasses along each side of them is a is a thick black strip which looks like sideburns. You follow those up above the loops above the glasses. There's a there's a there's a forehead space. That's the windshield. And then top, above that there's a darker shape that kind of goes across up to the roof of the of the cab of the truck. And it's dark, and it looks like you know a pompadour, or, or you know, uh, you know, it's black hair. And I looked there, and I said to Amy, "Roy Orbison is in the windshield of the truck behind us." And she's, "What?" I said, "Look, just look, look." It's so she. She couldn't quite turn around to look. So what she did was she put down the um, the visor. It's got a mirror on the inside of it. So she opens up the mirror. She positions it. And she looks. She says, "Oh my God." <laughs> It does look like Roy Orbison. It's really cool. This is it's I, I said, so I said, give me your camera. You know we stopped we're stopped at a traffic light. I said give me give me your camera. Get you know get it you know the phone. You know put the camera. So I I took a picture of our rear view mirror, looking back, at that at the windshield and it worked. And uh, it's 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 you know if you don't know who Roy Orbison is maybe I'll include a picture of Roy Orbison do a side by side comparison so you can see what I'm, I'm talking about. That is one of the, it's it's things like that. Keep your eyes open. Of course, Roy Orbison's ghost was not on the windshield <laughs> of the car behind me. It just was a a cool pattern. We are pattern seeking animals. We see patterns. That's why emojis work, because if you just put two dots across from each other with a little gap in between them and then a little half circle underneath them, we wouldn't see that as a smiley face if it wasn't for the fact that we can see patterns or we detect patterns. And that's what we are. That's what we do. We're humans. We see it all the time. You ever, you ever see something, let's say you're in the garage, you got the big door open and you're doing some work on the car or something, and along the base of the wall, something skitters across, and you catch it out of the corner of your eye, you, you see it skitter across, and, you, and, and your brain takes that little bit of information that you got, something skittering, it's a little brownish shape, uh, it's going across the base of the wall, and you, your brain kind of quickly puts in a pattern, it's a mouse. But then you turn and look, and you give it a little closer look, you, now you're focused on it, and you see it's just a leaf blowing across the base of the wall. That's, that's our pattern seeking. That's, that's, that's what's helped 
us survive. It's, it's the idea of, uh, uh, of uh, um, uh, back when we were, you know, living on the plains, we're, we're more simple people, <laughs> and we're living out in nature, and there's a rustle in the, you, you see something out of the corner of your eye in the, in the, in the grass. The grass, the tall grass kind of rustles. Uh, and it, was it the wind that made it do that? And out of the corner of your eye, you notice it and you think, tiger or lion. And, and it's probably lion. Lion! And you turn, you pay your attention, you know, pay attention to it. And then you see that the grass isn't, you know, it's just the, the wind was blowing it. There's no lion there. But that's, that's a good thing that your brain said, lion! It was wrong, but it puts you on your alert. If your brain says, ah, pay no attention to that rustling, pay no attention to that thing that, you know, that doesn't look like a lion to me. Because if it is a lion, <laughs> you're going to be lunch. Uh, you know, somebody said that sometime. So that's that's helpful. That's why, you know, that's partly why uh, people think they see ghosts, see something out of the corner of my eye. You know, they think they see shadow people. They think this. It's just your brain. It's more than likely. It's your brain taking a little bit of information that it just got and building something. You know, just gets you just okay. Uh, going through its pattern recognition, going through all the various patterns. What does that fit? Oh, it fits a man standing in the corner. And then when you look, it's not. It's just a shadow being cast across the wall. That's 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 what your brain does. Um, oh, I am already. I'm already up to my second break. Wow, I, I don't know how that happens. Uh, let's get it set up here. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, uh, I'll be back after this break. Oh, I was going to say that you know the whole thing at the beginning of the show. Oh no, I, I can't do that. That's just that's not wrong. I'll, just, I'll have to come back. I'll be back. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Reasonable is the interview show from the Merseyside Skeptic Society, where each month I speak to someone about their fringe beliefs. Over the years, I've spoken to psychics, UFO believers, moon landing deniers, flat earthers, hollow earthers, and all manner of unusual conspiracy theorists. But I've also talked to AIDS denialists, white supremacists, gay conversion therapists. I even interviewed Jim Humble, the inventor of Miracle Mineral Supplement, a form of industrial bleach that he and his followers use to treat cancer and HIV. This isn't a debate show, and my aim isn't to win an argument. But when we listen to how people promote and justify the ideas that we disagree with, even the dangerous ones, I think we become much more effective at countering those ideas. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, look for Be Reasonable on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else the podcasts live. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Mm. 
back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Rain in August. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it never rains in my neck of the woods, in my part of the country, here in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota. I'm not saying it never rains in August. It's just that it usually doesn't. It's uh, usually we get the you know, rain in April and, and and a bit in May and some in June and then it starts to dry out in July and August. But this summer, it really started to dry out in June. Uh, I've so far I've only cut the grass twice this summer. Uh, usually I've done it I don't know four or five times by now. But it's been getting rainy in August. Like I said, the Leroy Orbison thing. It was raining. And that was, what, last week, uh, Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday? Last week? And I bring up the rain again because my wife, uh, Amy, and uh, her best friend from way back, uh, and a couple other uh, gals, uh, all went to go see Duran Duran in concert down in Treasure Island, which is a casino in this area. It's a little bit of a drive, about an hour. <laughs> see, huh? See, see what I see what I. Anyway, so it's a little bit of a drive, uh, and uh, they went to see that. And so they they came to pick up. Uh, we took the day off of work yesterday, and uh, Amy's uh, friends they they came over at about a little after two o'clock to pick her up, and they were heading down. Uh, you know, we're visiting for a little bit, and uh, one of them said that it's it's in an amphitheater. It's outdoors. Oh, outdoors? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> the, the amphitheater thing. When Amy and I uh, had been uh, dating for a little bit, uh, we uh, went with, with this same friend and her boyfriend at the time. Uh, the four of us driving, you know, like she and her boyfriend drove in one car, Amy and I drove in, in our car. Uh, we drove on down to um, uh, Joliet. Uh, near Chicago, somewhere, we, we drove on down there to go see Duran Duran play at an amphitheater, outdoor thing, and uh, we saw the concert. It was, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, you know, I like. There's a few songs of Duran Duran that I like. I don't like everything, but you know, you know my my wife is one of her favorite bands, as is uh, her friend. You know, the two of them is one of their favorite bands. So you know, it was fun. It was exciting. Uh, and then that same that weekend that we were down there, it was the air show. There was all kinds of jets flying through, which is really cool. But unless you live down there, you get a little tired of listening to the loud jets. But uh, these the army, you know, like like uh, air force jets kind of thing. And so, really, it was kind of cool. And we went to pick uh, take in a uh, Chicago White Sox game. Can't remember who they were playing, but it was at the new Comiskey Park, which is called something else now. Uh, and uh, we saw Frank Thomas hit a home run. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but uh, and, that, and that was the first outdoor professional baseball game I'd ever been to. Anyway, uh, so Friday, last night, as I record this, last night, 
was this big concert, Duran Duran, uh, with uh, with Chic opening for them, Nile Rodgers and uh, his. And I said, "Why?" And when Amy told me that, I said, "Wow, you're going to see not only going to see the legends of of you know Duran Duran, but you're going to see Nile Rodgers. He's a music legend too. That's kind of cool." Uh, and so, okay, so they head on down, and I go do my janitor work. I didn't have the full day off. Technically, I still work, but I didn't have my day job part on, and so I got some stuff done at home. Uh, and uh, I got home, and Amy said that uh, that they were there. You know, she's sending me texts, and then she says, uh, rain delay. <laughs> and Hayden and I, we look at the, the our weather app and I see where she is on... Um, where, where where the treasure island is and where it's raining on the on the radar and oh it was raining and it looked like you you pull the radar ahead they give you like a like a forecast of what they expect uh, might continue as the hours go by what's it's gonna be like and it's just staying there rain 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 until after like I don't know until after like 11:30 at night or something and then I get a text from her concert postponed. They're gonna have to reschedule. Oh man! Rain in August. It's not supposed to be raining in August. Is this a is it a climate change thing? Is it just how it's been this year? I don't know. I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. It has rained in August before, sometimes a significant amount, but it's it's usually pretty dry this time of year. But now. It, it's the instead of being dry, the grass is all starting to come back and it's all getting green. I gotta cut the grass again. When usually I'm done cutting grass by this time. I was thinking about heaven uh, a while ago, <laughs> this past week. Uh, I was thinking about heaven. Now, you know me, I'm an atheist. I don't believe there's an afterlife. I don't believe there's heaven. I don't believe there's hell. I don't believe there's Valhalla. I don't believe there's any, you know, Stovacore. I don't believe in any afterlife thing. Right? We die, we're dead. We're done. We do not exist. We have no concept of existing. We do not exist. It's oblivion. Gone. That's And that's kind of freaky. But the idea of being in heaven... For all eternity, forever? Can you wrap your mind around forever? I mean, here you, you die, and you go into heaven, which is supposed to be, you know, your worries are gone, your, 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 your in joy. It's like the Nexus, uh, Star Trek Generations, look into it. It's like that. It's, it's just eternal joy and pleasantness, and you, you're comfortable, there's no pain, there's no, nothing to concern you, there's nothing. You're just, ah, ah. And you get the added bonus of being able to watch those uh, loved ones of yours that are still alive. You get to check in on them and see how they're doing and, and watch over them, which, by the way, I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, it's like a, um, you know, like, I uh, uh, want to say, uh, here's to you, to all those Christians who believe that Jesus and Grandma are watching over you, but you masturbate anyway. Think of that. <laughs> See, when you're doing that, assuming you do because you're human, and if you believe Grandma's watching you, <laughs> hey, here's one for you, Grandma. <laughs> Hope that doesn't uh, that doesn't harsh your mellow. <laughs> anyway, 
So that's that's what that is, right? Now it does have the 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 one caveat uh, for it. Uh, if you're a Christian, you have to worship this guy, you know, this God guy. You have to worship him all the time. I don't know when that's going. So when is forever going to get boring? When is it just going to be like, ugh, uh, how long have I been doing this? You know, how, when is that going to happen? How long? Uh, 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 Ten years? Thousand years? A million years? A trillion years? How long? Because that—that's forever, forever existing, no end in sight. Even if it. So maybe, maybe, the way to headcanon this is that when you are in the afterlife, when you're there, you no longer. Have, because you don't worry about anything, you enjoy, everything's wonderful, everything's great, there's no concerns, there's nothing. You don't have the boredom gene. You don't have that bone in your brain that, that, that controls being interested. You just always are, and it's just, ah, oh, it's great, it's, isn't this great? You're never bored. You just, it's just not, it's not part of the, of the thing. But the thing is, if you pair that with watching your loved ones. Let's say, let's say it's me. Now I know I'll go to hell because you know I don't believe in God and all that, so I'm going to go to hell. But let's say this atheist somehow finagles his way into heaven, right? And I get to continue to watch my, you know, my son as he lives his life. I see he gets married. He has uh, he has kids. He has a life going on. I see him struggle sometimes. I see him have joy. I see him have, you know, good times and bad times. I see this stuff happening. And let's say, let's say there I am watching my son and one of his children dies in an accident. But because I'm in heaven and I don't care because there's no worries and no, it's, it's just joy. It's just wonderful. How, how do you square that? How do you square watching your, your loved ones go through something tragic and just be like, <sighs> yeah, what would be the point? Why watch the loved ones? The loved ones are thinking that you're watching over them, that you're going to help them. How are you going to help them? You don't care. Do you? I don't know. Am I reading heaven wrong? I don't believe it exists. I just don't. And, I, and that means I don't believe hell exists or anything like that. I, I'm, you know, so I'm going to hell, except there's no hell, at least that I know of. And you know what? I'll find out when I die, or I won't. Now, part of the reason I started thinking about this was I was watching, uh, I've been re-watching Star Trek Voyager. And the reason I'm re-watching Star Trek Voyager is I listen to this podcast called The Greatest Generation. I know I brought it up on this show before. That's a couple of fellows, uh, uh, Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica, the, who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. Uh, they review episodes of Star Trek. Star they started with uh, Star Trek The Next Generation because that was their first Star Trek. Uh, they have another podcast called The Greatest Discovery where they, they, they review the new Star Trek stuff that's been coming out. Uh, and, and then within that, they'll do a few uh, reviews of the original series. They'll do a few of those. Uh, whether they'll do the whole thing, I don't know. But uh, so, okay, they started off with Next Generation, then they went on to Deep Space Nine, and now they are in the I think the fourth season of Voyager. 
And if you don't know Star Trek, uh, some of this is just going to be foreign language to you, but the Voyager is a starship of the Federation of Planets, you know, which is what the Enterprise was part of with Captain Kirk and all that. Uh, they're in Starfleet. Uh, and this through the you know the first episode the, the the voyagers on a mission to find some bad you know some guys that are, I, I, I want to explain they're trying to find somebody and some powerful entity uh, uh, pulls them from the alpha quadrant that's where we live and sends them in, almost instantaneously to the Delta Quadrant. And the Delta Quadrant of the Milky Way galaxy is a shit ton away from the Alpha Quadrant. It will take, at you know, at their maximum warp, it'll take them like 70 years to get back to Earth. Well, the, so the, and they're stuck out there. And the series is about their adventures as they try to get home. Okay? Uh, which, spoiler, they do eventually. It takes seven years, seven seasons. They do eventually get home. Spoiler. <laughs> and anyway, they're one of the one of the uh, first aliens that they encountered uh, was a fellow called Neelix, and he joins the crew. He becomes a, a, he's a scout for them. He becomes their cook. He's their morale officer. He's an interesting character, a bit annoying, well acted by Ethan Phillips, uh, and you know, so he's he becomes part of the crew. And there's this episode called Mortal Coil. And, and, and he, you know, part of what he ends up doing for the, for the crew is there's this one, uh, a child, who was born on Voyager out in the Delta Quadrant. And she needs Uncle Neelix, her godfather, to, make, to get her to sleep. Because you know, he makes sure there's no monsters in her place. And he's been the only one that can get her to go to sleep. Well, Neelix has a mission he's going to be going on. And he's going to be gone for a little bit. And he and so she he says you're gonna have to be able to get yourself to sleep. I, I can't. I won't be able to put, tuck you in. And he says, you know what I do when I'm frightened? I think of the Great Force, which is for his species heaven. The Great Force is where you're going to die. It's a wonderful place. It's comfortable. No pain. No worries. No anything. And all your loved ones are there, and it's wonderful. Right? And your loved ones are watching over you and all that. Well, he goes on this mission, and he dies. He gets killed during the mission. He gets brought back to the uh, Voyager. The doctor on the Voyager says, there's nothing I can do. There's a crew member, Seven of Nine. She used to be a Borg. Don't ask me what Borgs are. She still has some Borg stuff inside her, but she's largely human, and, and she has knowledge. And so b using the Borg technology she has and the knowledge she has from being a Borg, don't ask me about the Borg. If you don't know about them, you don't know about them. They bring Neelix back to life. He was dead, though, for over 18 hours, and he has a problem. There was no afterlife. He didn't see any of his dead relatives. He didn't see the great forest. Nothing. There was nothing. So now he's got this crisis of faith, and he's got this. I, you know, he's starting to freak out, and nobody seems to really notice it. That he's not right. I mean, he's putting on a brave face. He's trying, but he's still. He's not quite Neelix, all right? And nobody seems to notice. And he begins to get, but until he starts to really freak out, until he really gets to this, to whatever moment he gets to. 
he uh, uh, he gets he enlists the the help of the second in command, a fellow named Chicote, who is supposed to be you know some Native American uh, character, but he's played by a you know someone who has uh, I don't know who's a uh, Latino, um, but you know. What are you going to do? Uh, and they don't quite get the Native American culture correct. But, they, you know, they try. It's, it's a yeah, nice try. <clears throat> so it's a little... There's some some cringy moments there. But he's got this... He takes Neelix on a vision quest. Or he helps uh, Neelix take a vision quest. <coughs> Excuse me. And Neelix does get to the Great Forest. Does see his sister. and it, But it's not right. And the sister in this vision tells him, there's nothing. He said, well, what's the purpose in life? There is no purpose. All this. And so now he's freaked out. And uh, he, he, he starts to think about committing suicide. Everything comes out nice in the end. But I thought about this, and I looked at it, and I thought, what would I have said to him? I mean, the Star Trek people, the Starfleet people, the Federation of Planets people, they're more, more, more or less supposed to be, or are, are handled as, as agnostic or atheist, more or less. But some of them, there's a certain religiousness to it, to them. All right, fine. Even in the 24th century? Come on. We haven't gotten past religion by then? <clears throat> and I, I was wondering, how would I deal with this person? I'd say, you know, Neelix, you know I'm an atheist. You know I don't believe in an afterlife. You die, you're done. But let me ask you, what's the last thing you remember about the mission? And he said, being on the shuttle, approaching the nebula, uh, which was these, these lightning bolt things were coming off of it. All right, that's the last thing you remember. What's the next thing you remember? Waking up in sickbay, having been brought back to life. Okay, well, who's to say that you didn't go to the Great Forest, that you didn't meet your family, you just... You just don't remember it. You had this trauma of dying. You were only gone for 18 hours. Who's And you have no memory of it. It's, just, it's not like you you don't remember existing, do you, and just kind of floating around in nothingness, because that's existing, if you are aware of it. If it was just on the shuttle, next thing you know, you're, on, you're in sick bay. how do you know? I would Maybe that would help. But when he was having his crisis of faith and he was getting all this stuff, uh, uh, the one fellow that he went to, Chicote, was saying, don't you see that this can make your faith stronger? And I'm like, why? Why should? Why is faith a virtue? Why is believing it's something with no evidence for it and plenty of evidence contrary to it? Say, come on. You, of all the religions that have ever existed on this planet, let alone in the galaxy... Of all the religions that have ever existed on this planet and currently exist on this planet, you happen to be leave in the right one. The one that's true. I don't know, man. It's it doesn't make sense to this atheist. Uh, but yeah, it's Star Trek. What are you gonna do? Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. I got to the end of another episode. I hope there wasn't any of that scratchy, staticky stuff going on. I hope. Let's find out. I'll find out when I listen back. So you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Uh, be skeptical and all that kind of stuff. Be careful with the COVID. It's still a thing. Uh, and uh, you've been listening to Dimland. I already said that. This is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off.
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.